0: Welcome to the Naked Wellness podcast. I'm your host nutritionist, Michaela Shiffley, the founder of KJ Wellness. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things nutrition and wellness. We'll cut through the bullshit information out there, debunk health myths, interview health experts, and give you actionable steps to help you become the best version of yourself. So go grab yourself a nice hot cup of coffee and strap in to hear the cold hard truths about health. Welcome back to the Naked Wellness Podcast. I have with me, Claire Bates. Again, we have done a couple of episodes about busting some like health myths, going through some health facts, giving you all the information. And they're all from questions that you will have asked over on Instagram. So I'm so excited because we're back for a third episode together. So welcome, Claire.
1: Thank you so much for having me again.
0: No, that's okay. and. The questions that have come through, we were saying just before, like, they're great because they're they're all different from anything we've covered in any of the other episodes, which is pretty cool. So I reckon, um, like, let's just kickstart, like, let's just jump straight into the questions that have come through. So the yeah, first absolutely. one was all about, like, healthy eating and the cost of it. And I thought this is a great question to start off with because at the moment, the price of groceries <laughs> is just insane. Yes. Yeah.
1: but the question
0: is, is eating healthy more expensive?
1: Yeah, I feel like this is a really common outlook on healthy foods, Mm. and I think um, for a couple of reasons. One is the shelf life, so if you buy fresh veggies, they don't really last more than um, half a week a week if or a week if they're stored properly Um, which I think is hard when if you don't use it in time it feels like a lot of waste and a lot of money wasted compared to if you had um, a stable shelf life product that is in a package that you can put on your um, in your pantry for a couple of months things like that so cost um, of I guess freshness and um, shelf life I guess is more expensive Um, and of course a lot of factors right now are influencing the cost of veggies like the weather. Um, I recently saw an article that avocado is going to go up in price because they were affected by um, the floods in New South Wales. So of course they're more affected um, with the weather than um, shelf-stable foods. So yes they can be more expensive but then you also get the flip side where you have um, foods in or fresh fruit and vegetables in season. So um, they're a lot cheaper, more easily um, available. Um, So it can be more expensive from that end, but if you find the right foods in season, it can make it a bit cheaper. Um, Frozen foods are also a bit cheaper as well because um, they're more available all year round in that way. Um, But yeah, it's a really common myth. So you kind of have to look out for in season, Um, what's not affected by the weather, um, what's available to you, things like that. But, yeah, I can agree sometimes it is more expensive. What do you think? Mm,
0: Yeah, I agree. And I I guess also it's some points it's like you can make it as expensive as you want and also not in the sense that there are so many like health food products, and I do that in those like quotation marks, like your superfoods or whatever it is that do cost like an arm and a leg to buy and like you can go and buy paleo granola, that costs $30 Mm. for like a 500 gram bag or like 250 gram bag or whatever. And of course, that is going to be so much more expensive than if you were to buy Uncle Toby's um, muesli or something, which is still totally a healthy option. So in that regard, it's like, well, yeah, you can go and buy all those super expensive health food products that are classified as a health food, but it's also not essential that you do go and do that and you don't need to be having all the greens powders and the protein powders Mm. and the superfood powders to be healthy. Yeah, that's so interesting because I didn't even think about that. I thought about
1: healthy fresh fruit and vegetables Mm. because they're just kind of the basics. But of course, if you go into um, the more superfood products are going to be more expensive. That is such a good outlook on it. Um, and I just don't even classify that as within like the healthy basics. So, um, basics, are definitely go for the basics. You don't need the superfoods. You don't need the greens powders. You don't need, um, yeah, the paleo granola to be healthy. Um, so that's really interesting you say that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just
0: literally yeah. like are we definitely try and overcomplicate being healthy. Take yeah. it back to basics.
1: For sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, of course, the more kind of um, more expensive foods that they put in these products, the more expensive it's going to be. So yeah. if you're having paleo granola, if you really like it, just get your Uncle Toby's oats and then add some berries, add some nuts in it, and you have the kind of equivalent nutritional value.
0: Yeah, Perfect so good Mm. the next one is can healthy food make you gain weight
1: um technically yes if you so gaining weight comes from eating um a surplus amount of calories over your um daily energy requirements basically Mm -hmm. so if i have something that we could classify as healthy like peanut butter for example if i have two kilograms of peanut butter a day i'm going to gain weight from it because it exceeds what I am burning calorie-wise for my body. Um, So anything can make you gain weight if you have over the amount of calories you need daily, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and, like, of course, it can be too much of a good thing. That's totally fine. Like, it can happen. But, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, it's so important just to be mindful of if you're gaining weight because you are Mm. overeating or eating more than what you are burning.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's where um healthier any size comes in as well. Because you could be um any weight, but you could also be eating really healthy foods and have no um kind of health issues no matter what your size. So it's really important to factor
0: that in as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. And then the the next question kind of leads into this as well, like is being too healthy bad?
1: I see this a lot um, as a dietitian. So um, too healthy is very um, subjective. So you need a lot of context behind it. Too healthy could be um, your kind of calculating everything you put into your mouth with calories, which could of course have negative mental health effects, no matter how healthy your body is, your mind could be really unhealthy with your approach to food. And I would say that unhealthy. So there's this really big balance about what healthy actually is. Um and I see it as your body is healthy, your mind is healthy, and your approach to food is healthy. And um if you have too extreme or too much of anything, it could potentially lead to being unhealthy. So um yeah it all depends on um what you see as health and I see the full body being healthy including your mental. So um, Yeah, I think being too unhealthy, too healthy could sometimes be bad in some cases.
0: Yeah. And there is actually orthorexia, which is where like you do have like an obsession with only Mm -hmm. eating really yeah. clean or like healthy and again i do like the clean and quotation marks because like really like food was never even dirty to start with so it <laughs> can't be clean but like yeah. you know you're just so obsessed with eating anything healthy and you you can't eat mm. anything i guess like if you'd say it's processed even if it's still a yeah. healthier option um yeah. and again that's where it comes into well mentally that's not the healthiest spot to be in and if it's consuming every waking thought of every day And you can't actually live your life because this is what you're thinking about all the time. It's not a way to actually be living your life.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's really important to have that balance as well. So we have foods that we really enjoy, but obviously should moderate. So things like chocolate, um, it's so, for me, I love chocolate so much Um, and having that balance is really healthy to have.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And learning how you can incorporate that into every day or every yeah. other day or like actually have the control over, okay, when I want it, I'm going to have it. Like that that chocolate block is able to sit in the fridge or multiple chocolate blocks able yeah. to sit in the cupboard. And there's not this overwhelming urge that I have to eat all of it right now because I'm going to like, I can't control myself around it sort of thing. I'm actually having that control of I'll eat it whenever I want it and whenever I want it. Like I eat it and move on with my life.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's really important to be balanced if you're too healthy and being restrictive or um, not letting yourself to enjoy foods, then that's definitely unhealthy in Mm. my
0: eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely Mm -hmm. agree with that. The next one is, are egg yolks unhealthy?
1: Ah, yes. so, <laughs> when I guess so
0: whenever I see add egg whites
1: I'm like oh why don't you just have the whole egg it's it's a waste kind of um so <laughs> egg yolks contain all the nutrients so the egg whites are a really great source of protein but in terms of nutritional value the nutritional value is in the egg yolks. so they have things like omega-3s all your vitamins and minerals um they're a really great source of the essential nutrients within the egg. So um, if you're just having the egg whites, you're missing out on all these essential nutrients. So um, egg white, egg yolks are not unhealthy at all. They're probably the healthiest part of the egg, but you should be having the whole egg if you, um, yeah, don't feel pressure to separate them if you're making like an omelette or anything like mm. that because, yeah, I think they get a bit of, um, yeah, they're when yeah if you're talking about protein and things like that of course the egg whites going to be higher but there's nothing wrong with having a whole egg
0: absolutely not no eggs yolks egg have definitely got a bad rap
1: yeah they have and i'm not sure why
0: i know it, yeah it is so strange in like the health industry one person will come out and say one thing and then if a couple people catch on to it it just like it spreads like wildfire
1: yeah yeah i mean i think from a calorie perspective it's yes unnecessary calories when you're talking about protein um yeah. unnecessary as in if you're doing like a um i'm thinking like bodybuilders who add egg whites to increase their protein but you're still missing out on all of those essential nutrients so um yeah definitely include the whole egg if you're going to have an omelette or an egg or something like that don't feel pressure yep. to separate yep. it no
0: need to separate them completely yep. agree
1: definitely the next question
0: is, <laughs> Jeff, yeah that was a myth mm. which foods give you more energy
1: yeah so our main source of energy um, for our brain for our body are carbohydrates so mm. when you have carbs they are our preferred source of energy um, so in terms of the foods that give us energy, they're going to come from carbohydrate sources. There's a couple of different carbohydrates um, categorised as so complex and simple. Um, complex carbs are the more um, unrefined. Um, they normally have bran or fibre. So if we're talking about brown rice compared to white rice, um, white rice is more refined and it's taking that bran and fibre out. So brown rice is technically a complex carb and white rice is a simple carb. Simple carbs um, are absorbed into our bloodstream at a faster rate, so they spike our blood sugar, which gives us that energy sugar high, um, and then we we're followed by a crash once we absorb it with insulin. So um, it's better for a more sustained energy release to go for the more complex carbohydrates, so um, like brown rice, rolled oats, um, whole grains, um, brown pasta, things like that will um yeah less processed pasta um so when we're talking about energy go for the more complex carbs um and then the simple carbs should be moderated in terms of if you're looking for sustained energy
0: Mm, yeah and carbs are another one that have got such a bad rap that carbs have been demonized to the extremes but literally they are your body's number one fuel source yeah
1: exactly yeah
0: And I always say, like, if you're restricting your body of its number one fuel source, like, to me, I don't see that as, like, a very respectful thing to be doing. Yeah, for sure. Like, it needs that to be able to function at its optimal level.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So, 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 so important. And Mm. I love what you said about, like, making sure that you're opting for the more complex ones if you want that more sustained energy as well.
1: Mm. Yeah. So, always include carbs more of the complex carbs in your main meals as well. So um, especially if you're exercising, don't just have a salad, have a salad with some rice in it or some Mm. pasta in it, Um, making sure you're including carbs in every meal. That will give you um, really great energy throughout the day as well.
0: And you'll probably find that you'll actually be satisfied for a lot longer, both mentally and physically as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The next one is, how can I start to eat healthier when I'm time poor, which I thought was a great one.
1: Mm, Yeah, I see this so much. Um, I feel like everyone's time poor in their own respects. Um, So I honestly think... Being organized is key for this. So when you're time poor, you don't have time to make decisions. You could get decision fatigue um, Mm -hmm. more easily. Um, So being prepared is organized. Um, Being prepared is key. Um, So whether that's writing shopping lists that you follow every week um, or making um, your dinners or writing down your lunches, um, meal prepping is a really great one if you are super time poor as well. spending an hour or two on the weekend or whatever day suits you to meal prep can save you hours during the week Um, and making sure even if um, you do like a Woolies online or get your groceries delivered or anything like that, that can save a lot of time. Mm. So organisation is definitely key here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And working out what's going to work best for you personally and individually. Like is meal prepping those meals, like every single single meal, what you want to do. If it is amazing. Otherwise, are you somebody who literally just wants to have the ingredients in the cupboards in the fridge ready to go? Or do you want to like just batch cook some different protein sources and carb sources that you can like mix and match depending on what you're feeling Mm. like on the day? Like, yeah, just really working out how's it best going to suit you and your lifestyle. Like you don't have to necessarily copy what anyone else is doing um, because obviously everyone is so different and everyone's Mm. lifestyles are so incredibly different as well.
1: Yeah, so true. I love that one. Um, Mm. because find out what your barriers are. So if it's um, grocery shopping, you can definitely do like an online shop delivered Um, or if it's cooking during the week, you could definitely um, do what you said by batch cooking or meal prepping. So yeah, find what um, is kind of stopping you from eating healthy if you're definitely time for and then work from there. So um, yeah, great tips. (laughs)
0: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So the next one is about going into the holiday seasons and how to not like overeat or binge eat these holidays, which is a pretty, like loaded question and one that like there's so many different parts to it that we obviously could talk to but really I guess the biggest one about this is going into the holiday seasons like what are you telling yourself that you can't have Mm, like what are you actually restricting yourself from having because it's when you tell yourself no you want something even more and if you've been restricted like if you've told yourself right now like okay there's like Four weeks to Christmas or five weeks or whatever it is, I'm going to be like really good and I'm going to like um, not eat X, Y and Z and restrict yourself leading up to Christmas. That's going that is exactly what's going to cause you to overeat and binge eat. During the holidays around Christmas time, because you've been restricted for so long, or if you're going into Christmas time, being like, okay, you can only have you know the carrots and the hummus on the table. Don't have the desserts X, X Y, and Z. Again, that's what's going to cause you to binge in and overeat. It's like if you tell a child, "Don't go and press that big red button," that's exactly <laughs> what they're going to do. Like as humans, we can't process negatives, so we're the exact yeah, same. As nice. soon as you say, "Don't have dessert," all you're thinking about is, "Oh my god, that dessert looks so freaking good."
1: Mm yeah that is so important um especially when you have associated christmas holidays with um just eating whatever you want yeah. going crazy feeling out of control things like that i think it's so important to not get in that mindset and just mm-hmm. see it as um it's just a couple of days a year of course we have more social events but we have a lot of um, like christmas parties um we have christmas day where it's um usually a day of eating which is amazing mm-hmm. um and then we have like New Year's and stuff like that, so a lot more social events than usual. But it also doesn't mean that um, you should change your routine or um, look at it as a restrictive way and mm-hmm. just letting yourself go, because um, a day of eating will not help will not help you gain weight. Um, so if you think of it that way, it's not mm-hmm. really the day of eating; it's your the your behaviours around the day, the week, the month. Um, your whole holiday period. Um, So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a mindset thing um, and allowing yourself to have those foods, um, but also not seeing it as a month or a period to just eat whatever you want.
0: Yeah, exactly. And also knowing that at this time of the year, it's and especially Christmas, like it's only natural yeah. to overindulge a little bit, oh, and yeah. like yeah. that's totally okay. Like that's actually normal behavior to do at these times because yeah. there's different food around. Like we celebrate around food, like that's literally mm. like a massive part of these holiday seasons. So it's so okay to do that and like that doesn't make you a failure it doesn't like and if you've got in your head that if you were to even overeat a little bit during this time like you failed or you know you feel defeated like that's what's causing you to then almost have that um like i guess all or nothing mentality of Mm. oh well i've stuffed it up a little bit now i may as well just let it go until next week or next month exactly
1: yeah so true so um my tips would be um, try and while you're out of a routine, especially if you're off work for a couple of weeks, yeah. try to stay in a regular eating routine. So eating um, three main meals, a couple of snacks mm-hmm. a day. Um, keep it really simple, just the basics. Yeah. Um, and then just stay active. so go on mm-hmm. um, go on um, activities like hiking or um, exploring your area, going for coffee, Uh, walking around your neighbourhood, things like that. So, um, yeah, just stay active, keep a regular eating routine um, and don't see it as um, an all or nothing where it's extreme. You can eat um, out of control for a month because um, you'll be in a routine later. Don't think of it like that. It's just -mm. just natural to overeat on Christmas Day. It's Mm -hmm. with the family. You're celebrating. Um, Don't get too caught up in it. Yeah. No, I
0: love that. It's so important. Like that mindset shift is an absolute Mm. game changer.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're really worried, just please um reach out to someone mm, to mm-hmm. um support you as well because it is um can be a really anxious time for um if you have done it in the past or um if you're worried about it, just reach out to someone that you're comfortable with to talk about it.
0: Exactly, and like Christmas comes around every single year, so mm-hmm. if this is a reoccurring event where you are feeling really anxious every single year, or you feel like you do always binge eat around Christmas, like. Definitely, like you said, like reach out for help and yeah. start to change that way of thinking into a completely new way of viewing, like yourself, or food, or the holiday seasons, so that the Christmases in the future and even this Christmas this year can be such a different experience and a more pleasant experience.
1: Yeah, definitely, because you want you, we want you to enjoy it and oh. to relax and have fun. Um, yeah, it's definitely a you wouldn't want to feel too anxious or um, have that association with Christmas um, oh. every year.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The next one is: If I start eating carbs after being on a keto diet, will I gain weight?
1: Uh, yes,
0: but weight does mm. isn't
1: associated with body fat. So yeah. um, this is where it's really important for keto. So keto is low carb. Mm-hmm. Um, Naturally, we store our carbohydrates in our muscles as glycogen. Um, And when we're on a keto diet, we um, use all that glycogen because our body needs energy. And as we said, carbs are our main preferred source of energy. Um, So we're actually really depleted of carbohydrates in our muscles. So when you start eating carbs again after keto, your body goes, oh, my gosh, all of our energy is back. I'm going to store it in our muscles as glycogen. Wherever glycogen goes, water follows, so it also brings in water as well. and that and you'll naturally feel um, a bit more fuller just from naturally storing more glycogen in water, and that increases our body weight. But that doesn't mean it's body fat. So um, it's just our body's natural fluctuations. It's um, restoring all of your energy sources. Um, and that's pretty much um, your body's way of saying, well, on the scales, um, mm. that you are um, you're refueled, basically. <laughs> Which is so important. Yeah, so important. So, yes, you will gain weight, um, but mm. it's not body fat. It's just mm-hmm. water weight and your body's natural fluctuations of refueling.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important that we start to learn to detach our self-worth with that number on the scales. And I think like keto is a massive one of when people first start the keto diet, they drop such a large amount of weight in such a short yeah. period of time, exactly that water weight that they've lost. Yep. But people, you know, get so excited. Like, oh, I've dropped X amount in X amount of time. And that I think that has had a massive like why keto has spread so quickly because people are like, oh, mm-hmm. it gets such quick results. But again, you've lost water weight not Mm. actual body fat just yet. So when you start eating those carbs again, like you're just going to put that water weight back on, which is totally fine, totally normal. Um, But it's also so important to note that that's what it is.
1: Yes, very important. Mm -hmm.
0: And I always say, like, if you can't do something for a a lifetime, like don't do it for a day. Yeah, so true. Mm. That's a good thing. Can nutrition affect mental health?
1: Yes. It can, mm. and there's some amazing research being done. Um, unfortunately, the your gut microbiota is very, very complicated, um, and it's really difficult to associate. Um, what's happening in there with outcomes because it is so complicated and we don't know enough about it. Um, So currently there's a lot of research being done. Um, We know there is something called the gut-brain axis where our gut microbiota um, connects with our brain. So it affects our mood, our cognition um, and our mental health. Um, So generally speaking, a healthy microbiome in your gut, so your gut bacteria, can affect positively on your mental health um, we don't know specifics yet about which um microbiome or which um species of um what's the right word species of um, gut bacteria So this is a really complicated topic um, <laughs> but um, we don't know what species of um, gut bacteria affects our mental health but we know generally um, healthy eating can mm. improve our mood our cognition and our mental health
0: yeah so at the end of the day like yeah it can affect your mental health and it's so important yeah. to to I guess be aware of that and aware of like what you are eating and how you are actually feeling mentally as well
1: yeah, and things that can um, posit- positively affect a microbiome is eating um, carbohydrates, um, so the complex carbs with lots, of, lots of fiber, um, mm. and fresh fruit and veggies can um, promote a healthy microbiome. So if you're having a diet primarily with lots of fiber, lots of carbs, um, lots of um, healthy fresh food, um, it can improve your microbiome composition and um, ultimately improve your mood and health as well. Um, again, this is a very, very complicated topic. Um, mm. People dedicate their whole lives to studying this. So if you are someone that struggles with mental health and wants to look into um, how food can affect that, definitely go see someone specialising in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, So either a um, gut um, dietitian or nutritionist is probably um, the best person to reach out to.
0: Yeah, for sure. completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. The next one is, will eating more protein help to lose weight? Yes. So, um,
1: Losing weight comes from eating in a calorie deficit. So no matter what you do, you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose body fat and weight. Mm -hmm. Eating protein helps with um, maintaining muscle mass as best you can in a calorie deficit, but it also helps us feel full. So if you have um, a bowl of pasta versus a bowl of pasta with some chicken in it, you're going to feel more satisfied with um, a pasta with chicken. Um, it's really important when you're losing weight to get a right balance of macronutrients, that's carbs, protein, and fats. Mm-hmm. Um, and naturally when you are in a calorie deficit, you will feel um, hungry and that's your body's yeah. way of using its own energy source. Um, so in terms of macronutrients, carbs give us energy. So you want to feel um, as best you can losing weight. You're going to feel naturally more tired and um, more hungry, but um, complex carbs for energy Protein will help you feel full between um, after eating and Mm. then healthy fats will make you feel full between meals. So a combination of all three will make um, your weight loss a lot more pleasant in a way um, that your body is going through burning its own energy.
0: Mm, Yeah, I completely agree. And it's so important that you are including all three of them and not Mm. restricting any one of those three because they all do play such a vital role in your body's ability to function and a lot of like especially what I saw very common was I mean carbs obviously we all know that there are quite a few diets out there that do cut carbs but the other one to go was the fats and that's because Mm. typically they are a little bit higher when you look at in calories than the your new carbs and your proteins however they are so incredibly important to have in your diet and they make the biggest difference in actually keeping you satisfied and full between your meals so mm-hmm. if you find that you get to your next meal and you're like ravenous really look at like your healthy fats how can you mm-hmm. add those into your meals and that could be like your avocados your nuts your seeds your olive oil things like that are a perfect addition to your meals
1: yeah, go for plant-based options for mm. the healthy fat. Um, so protein, eating more protein won't help you lose weight, but it mm. will make it a lot more pleasant. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I guess this kind of probably goes into the next one as well, like how to know if I'm eating enough.
1: Yeah, that's a really great, great mm. question. Um, if you are feeling extremely tired or fatigued, um, if you're having extreme cravings or binges particularly in the afternoon or night time if you get into a really big afternoon slump if you struggle to get out of bed in the morning um, if you have lost your period or have a irregular period cycle um, these are all symptoms that you're not eating enough um, if you are someone that has uh, is probably in a smaller deficit you might feel um, a bit more tired than usual or um, really hungry but Before meals that wasn't usually there before, that's also a really easy sign to pick up that you're not eating enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's really about becoming more aware of your physical and mental symptoms, like before you eat, after you eat, throughout the day. Like, are you having these afternoon slumps like every single day? And do they normally occur around the same sort of time? Like, are you finding that your recovery from your workouts isn't as good as what it used to be? Like, are you waking Mm -hmm. up still feeling pretty tired? Are you not sleeping as well? Like, really just actually tuning into what are the signs that your body is giving you Um, And because a lot of the time it's supposed to be like, oh, I'm feeling a bit tired today. I'll just have like another cup of coffee. And we like just keep suppressing those feelings. So it's like, okay, why am I actually so tired when I wasn't like a couple of months ago type of thing?
1: Yeah, so true. And it's so important to um, compare yourself to when you were feeling your body really well, when you felt your absolute best. Um, And that's a way to know that your body is getting the optimal nutrition. Mm. So if you have any changes Mm. since then, as you said, it could be physical, like you might have more muscle soreness after gym, um, carrying on more days than normal. Um, Your mood could be low. Your libido could be low. It's really important to be really in tune with your body at how it was feeling optimally um, versus how it's, Um, changed in a way yes
0: yeah yeah yeah. yep and if you really do want to like become aware one of the best ways is to to start for a couple of weeks like just keep a food and a mood diary of like Mm. as you go throughout the day like how are you feeling around your meals um is that afternoon time? because that just brings awareness to Mm the the psychological side of how you're feeling throughout the day and also like the physical side around your meals like are you actually like so hungry when you get to your each meals are you actually satisfied after but you're so busy that you kind of just distracted from it so it really allows you to become aware of it
1: yes that is such a good one and mindful eating is so important as well so if you have um, if you eat lunch at your desk at work you could it's really easy to suppress um how you feel after eating so um if you're really stressed at work for example um, you could eat a sandwich and not feel satisfied or feel hungry but you just are suppressing it because you're too busy um mm. same with dinner if you have dinner in front of the tv you could be more focused on the tv rather than what you're actually eating yes. um so it's really important to yeah be really in tune with your body um see how you're feeling after meals during the day um if you're sleeping well at night things like mm. that there's so many symptoms um so it's really hard to um put it into a simple um answer but i really like your thing of um mm. having a mood symptom diary um and seeing how you actually feel and draw attention to how you're feeling
0: yeah and then if you're still yeah. confused about it or you're not 100% sure that's where reach out for help to dietitian nutritionists who can run through like that food and mood diary with you and just guide you in the right direction to make sure that you are eating adequately for your own individual body
1: oh for sure and if you heard um any symptoms that you had that we just mentioned Mm. um there's always ways to optimize your body and feel the best you possibly can so um yeah if that's definitely a red flag if you heard any of those or if Mm. you're dealing with that for a long period of time definitely reach out to someone
0: Yeah, for sure. The next question I thought was like quite a funny one because I was like, thank God there's another peanut butter lover out there. But it was about like, is it unhealthy to eat peanut butter every day? No,
1: absolutely not. Um, I do. Oh, for sure. I so (laughs) would if I had enough jars in my cupboard. (laughs) Um, But I would just say try and go for 100%. Yeah, um, natural peanut butter. So, um, just a bit of salt and peanut butter—that's all you kind of need. Um, and then making sure, again, it's a really great healthy fat, which is amazing. But yeah. um, just making sure you're not having too much of it as well. Um, but completely healthy to have it every
0: day. Yeah, absolutely. No questions asked. Love it. And if it's something that you know you love and it satisfies you, totally yeah. fine. Like it's totally fine to include whatever you want in your diet, just yeah. all in moderation and to have that balance.
1: Yeah. Exactly. All in moderation. Anything of too much can be unhealthy. So if you're having a jar a day, obviously that's a bit concerning. Um, But yeah, normal serving of peanut butter every day is completely healthy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Should I eat carbs before or after my workout?
1: Oh, you could do both. It depends
0: Mm. um, what your workout is. So
1: um, as we said before, carbs are our um, preferred energy source. So if you're doing um, a workout between about um, under half an hour, you probably don't need it to improve your workout. But yep. say if you're going for a run that's about 45 minutes to an hour long, um, you would benefit from having carbs mm. before. Um, even if you weren't doing a work um, a workout over 30 minutes, you can still have carbs before. Your body will just use those carbs first before going into your um, stored carbohydrates in your muscles. Um, but... If you're doing a longer car if you're doing a longer workout over than 45 minutes, definitely have some carbs before. Um, mm. And there's very specific types. So um, simple carbs, lollies, um, fruits, juice, um, my personal favorite, um, and things like that um, can really benefit your body for um, a really great quality workout rather than not having carbs at all. Um, and then afterwards, definitely have carbs so important um to refuel your body as well so replenishing all of the carbohydrates that you use during the workout
0: mm, yeah absolutely And again like carbs are such an important part to have you know like just day to day diets and then yeah. especially when you can work them around your workouts as well and I know that I think we really, we actually might have touched on this um carbs and workouts in one of the other episodes but mm. I remember like since introducing carbs before my workouts for me personally like even if it's just like a bowl of cereal or a slice of toast or a banana or something Mm -hmm. like that like the difference that it makes in the workout is just day and night like can lift up, run further run fast like you just you have so much more energy to actually push harder in your workout i think there's definitely a myth around that if you eat before your workout it's going to impact any weight loss results or anything like that which it it, which it is. it's a total myth like it's not Mm. true at all
1: yeah yeah for sure and it's really important to have the right kind of carbohydrates so simple carbs Mm -hmm. really easily digestible some people can't tolerate cereal or a piece of toast you actually have to train your gut to tolerate it Mm -hmm. um but if you haven't been having carbs before say an hour long run you won't know the difference until you actually try it so um if you are exercising for over 45 minutes have something like a banana or a fruit juice mm-hmm. before um, your exercise and see what difference it actually makes. Mm. Um, because once you start doing it, you cannot go back. I cannot <laughs> go for a run without a juice or a popper before.
0: No, absolutely. <laughs> it makes such a big
1: difference. Such yeah. a big
0: difference. Yeah. Absolutely. The next one is how to know what supplements to take.
1: Yes, interesting. So mm. I'm very food first and mm-hmm. I believe that um, – supplements are kind of a last resort only if you need them. Um, mm-hmm. so you should be getting all your nutrients from food itself in terms of what supplements to actually take. Um, this is a really interesting one. So, um, Without going too much into it, you could take supplements for your sporting performance. So um, creatine and protein powder are probably the two best for your sporting performance and recovery. Um, and then if you're talking about more of the um, vitamins or minerals, um, I would definitely get a blood test first, see what you're mm-hmm. deficient in. So say if you're deficient in... Um, Vitamin D, um, I would either say sit out in the sun to get vitamin D naturally or you could take a vitamin D supplement um, every day. But I would get specifically targeted supplements if you are deficient in your vitamins Mm. and minerals. Um, It is really interesting when you start to go into the sport performance because there's so much out there. There's so many supplements like BCAAs, pre-workout, recovery supplements. I would just um, see what works well for your body. You don't need to spend hundreds of dollars on them. And mm-hmm. it is personal preference. Um, I would talk to someone qualified, um, like a sports dietitian, sports nutritionist, someone qualified for sporting supplements yeah. um, for your what will actually benefit your performance. It's very personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it is very complicated with supplements because, as I said, it is very personal. I wouldn't take any, um, like, multivitamins if you weren't deficient. Um, if you are deficient in anything, don't take multivitamins. Take those targeted supplements instead, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's like you don't just have to take supplements just for the sake of taking supplements yeah. because you feel like you have to because somebody else is. Yeah. Australians, we have some of the most expensive in the world because we just them <laughs> left right and center and if your body doesn't need it like you literally you just pee it out so yeah, it's yeah. so important that and then like that's literally like that is expensive to just be <laughs> peeing out these supplements that you're taking so exactly. it is so important to like go get the blood test and then actually take the supplements that you individually actually need and require
1: yeah. 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 It's a tricky one. So I wouldn't take any vitamins and minerals unless um, you mm-hmm. are prescribed or if you recommended yeah. them from a blood test. And then in terms of sporting performance, definitely um, ask or um, reach out to someone qualified to um, give you personalized advice because it is very personal. There's a lot of supplements out there that um, you do pee out and um, that aren't really worth it for you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely take it as a grain of salt and get mm-hmm. personalised advice if you are willing to take supplements.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Nah, totally. <laughs> All right, final question that we have. How can having a meal plan help to achieve health goals?
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. So I write meal plans um, for my clients for a couple mm-hmm. of reasons. I think um, I am really big with... Um, clients associating food as food um, and not getting into the habit of associating food as calories or numbers um it is a really difficult balance because say if you have really specific goals whether it's weight loss um if it's muscle gain change in body composition sporting performance you do have to track your food and that's pretty much inevitable especially if you want to lose weight since you have to be in a calorie deficit Um, It is really easy to become obsessed with Mm. um, counting calories, which is what I want to avoid for my clients. So um, meal plans can help take the guesswork out of calories if you are being told what to eat. Um, It can take the mental aspect out of there, like Mm -hmm. decision fatigue, you know exactly what kind of food choices suit you, Um, you know what diet is best to optimise your goals, optimise your health, Um, and it just takes the guesswork out of it basically, but it also saves so much mental um, space as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And it gives you a good guide of Mm. how you can kind of really balance, like have balance throughout your days as well, like how you can still have all those foods that you absolutely love, um, but still get all of your nutrients in and still achieve the goals that you're wanting to achieve. So it gives you so much education around everything Mm. as well. And like you said, you don't become really obsessed with tracking numbers to a T.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think it's so important for education as well. So um, you're not kind of buying into these nutrition myths or Mm. um you know exactly what um a healthy diet looks like on a meal plan that suits your goals it's very personalized Mm -hmm. Uh, well it should be personalized if the meal plan isn't personalized then go somewhere else (laughs) Um, but yeah it it is really interesting in that way but education is so so important yeah you might be um really surprised with the amount of food um with the amount of calories with the amount of choices you're allowed to um Mm -hmm. eat in a way Um, um, but it is really important from the education side with how your body feels, what your portion sizes are like, um and things like that. that's really underrated,
0: yeah, absolutely and if you know if you have somebody who's doing meal plans who is also explaining to you like the reasons behind things and yeah. like, you know what you can swap in and swap out and all like and you're learning everything. That is so much better because then after you've finished, you know, however long you're working with this person for, you actually, again, like you have that knowledge and those tools and those resources to actually be able to maintain any results that you achieve, which is so nice in this day and age because 90% of (laughs) diets are designed to fail. So, because yeah. they actually want you to keep coming back, and literally, mm. like when I worked for one of the world's largest weight loss companies, like I saw this time and time and time yeah. again, like they couldn't they, they do they set you up to fail, so you come back and they get your money again, whereas we're like, well, that's just bullshit, like we would hate for you to be spend the rest of your life, like imagine still being seventy years old and still mm. like jumping from diet to diet. Whereas if you actually have all that understanding, that knowledge and that res- and the resources to live a lifestyle where it is not consuming you and you can actually maintain results that you get and you can live a balanced lifestyle, like that yeah. is so much better.
1: Oh, for sure. And I think it's really important on that note that you are going to someone who's qualified in nutrition. Yes. Um, nutrition is extremely complicated complicated (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and anyone could write a meal plan um but if you're going to someone who is educated knows um what the optimal diet is um i think it's really important because um yeah you could get a meal plan from someone off the street um and it could work but you might necessarily might not be doing it in the healthiest way
0: yeah yeah exactly Mm. well that's all the questions that came through um when i asked the box instagram question Mm. box so thank you so much claire for coming on and answering all of those for us and sharing so much insightful knowledge with us i hope that the listeners which i'm sure they would have gotten a lot out of today's episode and learned some new things or been like oh that's actually like a myth that i didn't know which would be awesome if they did
1: (laughs) yeah for sure no thank you so much for um having me on again i love myth busting um as i said nutrition is so complicated Mm. sometimes we can make it look Um, really easy so it's really important to um, spread awareness um, educate in the right way as well Um, and yeah there's a lot of misinformation out there so always happy to do these
0: yeah absolutely if anybody has like any questions or they want more information on any of the questions that we answered like feel free to send us through a um, instagram message so let the audience know like where can they find you
1: Oh, yes. So um on my nutrition Instagram, it's Nutrition Food um And I also do a lot of recipes on my TikTok as well, which is Nutrition Food So, yeah. Um, yeah, you can find me on there.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And I'll put the links in the show notes. So everybody has easy access to those. But thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Naked Wellness Podcast. I hope that you really enjoyed it, that you learned something new today. If you do have any questions or you would like more information on anything, then just head over to my Instagram, which is kjwellness with three S's and send me a DM. I would absolutely love to connect with you. But I hope you enjoy the rest of the day or the night wherever you are. And I will talk to you in the next episode very soon. Until then, take care. Bye.